It's Friday, April the 15th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russian flagship sinks and Musk's bid to buy all of Twitter. First, the world in brief. The Russian Defence Ministry confirmed the Moskva, its flagship in the Black Sea, has sunk. Ukraine said it hit the ship with two missiles. Russia denied those reports and said a fire caused the Moskva's ammunition to detonate. Meanwhile, Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, marked the 50th day of the war by paying tribute to his country's extraordinary resilience. He described the defence of Ukraine as the, quote, achievement of millions of Ukrainians. Elon Musk offered to buy Twitter for $43 billion in cash, according to an updated filing with America's Securities and Exchange Commission. In a letter to the social media platform's chairman, he wrote that, quote, Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. The hostile takeover bid comes a month after Mr Musk purchased a 9.2% stake, becoming Twitter's largest individual shareholder. He later turned down a board seat, a position that caps its holder's share of the firm at 14.9%. A jury in America convicted El Shafi El Sheikh, a jihadist on all eight counts that he faced for his role in Islamic State atrocities in Iraq and Syria. Mr El Sheikh was involved in the torture and beheading of several people, including aid workers and an American journalist, James Foley. News outlets dubbed him and three other formerly British members of the IS the, quote, Beatles. Mr El Sheikh was the only one to be tried in America. He faces life in prison. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, said his country would shift its oil and gas exports quote, step by step, to quote, fast-growing markets in Asia. Mr Putin said sales to the West will be reduced as Europe and America try to cut energy imports from Russia. The European Union normally takes about 40% of its gas from Russia and the consequent revenues form a significant chunk of Russian government spending. Dmitry Medvedev, the former Russian Prime Minister, warned that if Finland and Sweden join NATO, there would be, quote, no more talk of nuclear-free Baltics. Lithuania's Prime Minister, Ingrida Shimanitsa, cast off the threat as, quote, nothing new. Her defence minister said that there were already nuclear weapons in Kaliningrad, a Russian exclave on the Baltic Sea, 100 kilometres from Lithuania's borders. Quote, they use it as a threat, said Avedis France said it would move its embassy in Ukraine back to Kyiv, the capital, from the western city of Lviv. America said it will keep its embassy closed for now, but may send senior officials to Ukraine. Separately, the Biden administration said it would soon start cracking down on Russians evading sanctions imposed by America. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, unveiled a plan to ship asylum seekers to Rwanda while their applications are being processed. If successful, they would be settled in Rwanda. Mr Johnson said the scheme would apply to those making, quote, illegal or dangerous journeys. 
In 2021, more than 28,500 migrants crossed the English Channel. Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, signed an initial agreement worth a reported £120 million, $158 million, with Rwanda. Critics called the plan both cruel and unworkable. And fact of the day. 24 million. The backlog of returns America's Internal Revenue Service had at the start of this year's tax season. 20 times worse than normal. And now, here's today's agenda. Labour shortages reach banking. Wall Street is on the hunt for bankers. In 2021, a resurgent economy paved the way for a slew of mergers and acquisitions, record-breaking initial public offerings and a deluge of new bonds. Banking payslips are as enticing as ever. Average pay at Goldman Sachs last year was $400,000, and graduate schemes are still loaded with prestige. But the industry faces a severe talent squeeze. Why? One popular explanation is that younger recruits care more about work-life balance than their predecessors did. They may also want employers with a clear social purpose. But recruiters say many would-be bankers are becoming more hard-nosed in pay negotiations, not less. The real reason might be the boom in business. Last year, stretched banking terms were forced to poach from rivals or even to turn down business. Private equity firms and M&A boutiques add to the competition. As the war for talent rages, quote, second-tier firms, including European banks, may become its casualties. Rebuilding Ukraine after the war As Russia's war of aggression continues, the Ukrainian government and its Western backers are pondering how to rebuild the country when peace returns. The physical destruction is immense. The value of damaged housing stock, infrastructure and industrial plants stands at $80 billion and counting, according to calculations by the Kyiv School of Economics. The invisible damage is greater still. Businesses have closed or stopped investing. Millions of workers are either fighting or have fled. The state needs to dish out billions for its military campaign and to support displaced citizens. One estimate puts the overall cost of reconstruction at 220 to 540 billion dollars. Even if the funds can be found, they must be combined with overdue reforms such as fighting corruption strengthening the rule of law and improving the operations of state-owned businesses. In the past, the prospect of EU membership spurred such reforms in Central European countries that later joined the club. Ukraine will need more money, a good plan and the promise of Western integration if it is to succeed. North Korea's Day of the Sun Friday marks the 110th anniversary of the birth of Kim Il-sung, North Korea's founder and progenitor of its hereditary dictatorship. 
For months, satellite images have shown signs of preparation for an immense military parade. Civilians and soldiers have been seen practising. A stage has appeared in the central square of Pyongyang and on Monday, jets reportedly conducted a nighttime flyover of the city. Shortly after midnight on Friday, the sound of airplane engines and helicopters over the capital suggested that the parade had begun. Kim Jong-un, the current leader, may follow up his grandfather's birthday celebrations with another spectacle. In the past two months, North Korea has launched a number of rockets, including its first intercontinental ballistic missile in over four years, and shown signs that it may attempt to restore a nuclear weapons testing facility. The pomp and ceremony of the parade may not be the only showstopper North Korea puts on this year. Russia loses an important warship. In the early hours of Thursday, an explosion rocked the Moskva, a Slava-class cruiser and the flagship of Russia's Black Sea Fleet. Ukraine says it struck the ship with a Neptune missile. Russia said a fire caused its ammunition to explode before admitting it had sunk. Either way, its loss is a major coup for Ukraine. The Moskva was built in the country during Soviet times and was involved in an attack on Ukraine's Snake Island on the first day of the war. Its radars and surface-to-air missiles provided an air defence bubble for other ships in the Russian fleet, which will now enjoy less protection from drone or missile attack. Nor can it be easily replaced. Turkey has closed the Bosphorus Strait to warships not already in the Black Sea or based there. It may turn out to be one of the biggest naval losses since the Falklands War 40 years ago. Notre Dame in augmented reality Three years ago, Notre Dame, a medieval cathedral in Paris, was ablaze. Thanks to the efforts of around 400 firefighters, most of the building was preserved and the restoration project is due to be completed in 2024. A new exhibition running simultaneously in the French capital and Washington DC marks the anniversary of the fire. It uses augmented reality to recreate the flames and smoke and to take visitors through the 850-year history of the cathedral's resilience through war, revolution and looting. Notre Dame de Paris, the augmented exhibition, turns a trip to the cathedral into something closer to a video game. Using a tablet, viewers travel in 3D from the laying of the first stone in 1163 to Napoleon's coronation in 1804 and finally the current reconstruction project. Projecting the past in this way will no doubt become more common, changing the way people engage with historical sites. The fire at Notre Dame shocked the world. But this exhibition reminds visitors that it was not the first catastrophe the cathedral has weathered. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. 
Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which song, composed by James P. Johnson, became synonymous with a dance that was popular in the 1920s? Thursday. Who was the host of the Tonight talk show on American TV from 1962 to 1992? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Leonardo da Vinci, who was born on this day in 1452. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.